This is the pod where we draw the lines. We show you the feet clearly on side for everyone to see. Would PGML MOL know this? Obviously not. But you know who does know this? The Gooners Pod. Once upon a time, way back when there were only 9,000 Arsenal podcasts, six young men from various backgrounds, a young basketball prodigy with more trophies in the last 20 years than Totten and Hotspur, an Irish kid with a horrible haircut, a young Jewish nerd who hadn't discovered food yet, a child from Hemel Hempstead who didn't want to be English no more. A handsome young man who learned to play football on the hard streets of Disney World. And a young Mexican AC Milan fan hatched a plan to take over the world of Arsenal podcasts. But then these boys became men. Jared. Ewan. Magic. Aston. Andy, and Miguel, and the rest, my friends, is history. And now, all these years later, you tune in every so often to hear their incredible takes, their football knowledge, and their sensual advice. But now, it's gone too far. You, our fans, are at long last witness to season seven 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 welcome to the gooners pod hello and welcome to the gooners podcast season seven episode 83 aston have you ever done 83 of anything uh well there's something i've done more than 83 times but that's between me and jesus well in my case, it's between me and Andy's mom, but um, <laughs> it's good Only to pot again with you, my friend. It's it's been a while since uh, since we potted. Thanks for uh, you know for keeping the the episodes going while I was in New Orleans gallivanting around with with fellow Gooners, where you should have been. And uh, yeah, yeah, I had some unfortunate things kind of come up. So, um, but I will say we did have a lot of fun, uh, even without you. We we did keep things going. We had Jared on. We had Owen on. We even had one with hers on. It was it was weird. It's almost like they showed up as soon as you left. Yeah, it's weird. And you know, right now he's at home doing nothing. Literally asked him to be on this podcast today, and uh, and 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 still can be, but. Uh, but the guy, you, you you just you can't corral him, and and it's uh, you know. But but thank you for the uh, for the thumbnail. Um, thanks to uh, KT Salon for my toenails. Uh, if you want to learn anything about my post game pedicure uh, from the other day, I know it's it, it's of, of interest to most of you. But uh, but you can go on the Sunday roast last night because we covered it in depth. I don't think we need to really go over it today in too much depth. But uh, but yeah, so uh, so far we'd like to say hello to the chat, which is completely made up of people that we podcast with. Um, <laughs> we got Mike in the chat. We've got Jared in the chat. Um, Bill, who's basically with us most of the times that we do the uh, the, the post game show. So we're just kind of talking to our friends today a little bit about an incredibly annoying thing: um, the Super Bowl. Now. Um, what were you going for? Who were you rooting for? Did it end up like you wanted it? Or did you even give two shits? 
Oh, listen, how many cool. shits did you give? I, I, I sorry, like I don't yeah. watch the Super Bowl. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't even know who was in it this year. Uh, I used to know back when I used to do uh, when I was in college, and I used to drink a lot more than I do now. Um, but yeah, I've I've no idea. I have no horses in that race. Um, for all I know, Stan's team could have won again. I'll tell you, they didn't. Uh, they, they were not there. Um, but uh, yeah, it it. Uh, I had a feeling that you were, you know, not super into uh, to the Super Bowl. Uh, to you, it's just the bowl. It's like any other bowl. Mm. And uh, and yeah, so uh, so yeah, so I did win some money last night at the very very end of the game. I got my little square with mm. Kansas City eight and uh, and Philly five hit for me at the very end. Uh, other than that, though, I was just happy Philadelphia lost. I, I'm not a fan. Not I need fan. you to do. I, I know this is going to sound wildly inappropriate, but I'm going to need you to do a stand up and spin around because you looking mighty fine, my friend. Looking skinny, even it, hers is pointing out. It, it, yeah. You know, the chins one by one are starting to just fall off. It's like, it's like, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's not even like peeling an onion. The chin just like one day it just went to the ground, and weirdly, it broke on the ground. I wouldn't. Have, <laughs> I wouldn't have thought it was like porcelain or anything like that. It seems more of it's more of a mushy material, but they're they're falling off. There's still a few. There's still well, a few, but um, it's gone around the it's gone around the Arsenal fan base every now and again that Mike's got a glass jaw. It's you know it's no no big deal. It's not as much as that Chelsea fan outside the London Stadium though. That dude, oh my god, that's a and the and and like. How big of a nerd was the guy that knocked his ass out? I mean, if you have not seen that clip on 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 Twitter yet, it's one of the greatest things I've seen because, you know, I'm a lover, not a fighter, and I know you are, Aston, as well. I mean, you fight injustice, but as far as physical altercations are concerned, we we you know we usually uh, express ourselves through hugs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would say it goes a little further than hugs, but that's for our late night show. Yes, um, um, hugs and. Quick. Hugs and plugs of the late night show. Before we before we get into <laughs> hugs and plugs, our, our literal late night show, check us out at www.hugsandplugs.com. Don't Google that. No. Doing you a favor. Um, I do want to ask you, you were at Gooner Graw. You got to see people. I mean, come on. You, you It's not called Magic Mike's Mystery Tour for nothing. You got to give us the deets. Yeah, you know, the, the Gunnikov crowd, not super impressed with the magic one. I mean, they've known me since <laughs> since since time, I think is, is how it's said, from or from time. Uh, they've known man from time. Is that is that, <laughs> is that okay? I, I have to ask Aston every time I say something now. Um, <laughs> on, but but uh, no, it was a very good time. Uh, special shout out to the, uh, the longest traveler of the trip, uh, Demsec. Our own Demsec, who may or may not be in the chat. Uh, in fact, I think if Sophie's still going over there on the Highbury squad, he's rightfully and probably over there. Um, but uh, Kevin and his lovely wife, Allison, which is a name I have no problem remembering since my daughter is named Allison, is, um, is, w- just traveled over. They came to New York to, uh, to stiff some characters at Times Square that they didn't realize they were supposed to give money to after taking a picture. And then they went to Gunagra and had the time of their lives. So um, enjoyed spending time with him, uh, with them, and uh, and with everybody there. I think I might have a few pictures from it, um, which I'll I'll bring up throughout the pod. But uh, it was a great time. We did lose. 
we always lose the game if there's one being played during Gunagraha. Uh, because sometimes it falls on the fourth round FA Cup weekend, and some of those times we're not actively involved in the tournament. But uh, absolutely great time. Uh, King and Queen were named. Ryan Lordos, the guy, the man pictured here, pulling me out of a gutter or out of a out of a manhole. <laughs> Classic. For, well, I'm wearing the same shirt that I'm wearing now. For his heroism displayed in in the line of duty, he was awarded uh, Gunagra King. And uh, Danita from from Atlanta, well deserving Gunagar Queen, and uh, and the rest of the weekend I really don't remember. Some stuff yeah. happened, I'm pretty sure. Um, but uh, yeah, well, here's uh, here's a bunch of us at the pub. Uh, we got Caroline, uh, her mother, uh, both expats that live in the states now. We got Joey Murphy, the the OG, and uh, and Rick in the picture. We got Fees Tees, Mr. Nola Gunnar, Stephen Feely in the middle, and that's Dempsec on the right, uh, me with a couple of Englishmen. And I'm pretty sure that that's not makeup. I don't have lipstick on, but I was drinking red Gatorade that day with vodka. So uh, so that's why I look like a clown uh, on that particular picture. Don't have an excuse for the other ones. Um, what Mike's not telling you is he's just too embarrassed to say he prettied himself up to walk the streets. I know what you do while you're out there. It's okay. You got there's you got to get those seven houses somehow. The capital's yeah. coming from somewhere. Well, yeah, I, I do sell various uh, aspects of my body, um, but uh, but yeah, so it was a really really good time. Uh, I strongly recommend going next year. It's going to be in late January. I want to see all of your asses there. Um, and uh, as far as you're concerned, we're going to see each other in a few weeks. Yeah, got to get you, got to get you back out here. One, we should be seeing each other more often. Maybe we'll even do like a post game together or something at some point while you're, while you're at your new house. Because I mean, that's an option now. Yeah. Um, we do got to get it. There's, there is a um, full size unicorn in the pool waiting oh. for you, Aston. It, it's there. It's waiting for Bakaya Snacka. <laughs> To a Kyle Snacka strikes again. Yeah, you gotta you gotta ride that mofo, and and I don't say that about a lot of things that I have in my house to you, but but uh, but I want you to ride that. Listen, um, you're not the first white guy to tell me to ride his prize pony. Okay, like it's it's it's, it's kind of a thing for a lot of people. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's a- <laughs> Dude, I've been on Pornhub. I mean, I you know briefly, I uh, you know I, I quickly one time went away. one time yeah. accidentally when you were looking for uh, Jesus. Well, I didn't realize that there was going to be penises. That's, I mean, when, once once that occurred, I was I was gone. But um, but yeah. So anyway, um, speaking of penises, we drew a game this weekend. <laughs> well, as long as long as we're on the context of penises, you have to see the map of my walk. When I go up on that mountain behind me, uh, you walk from one end to the other. This is literally, and I'm not making this up, and I didn't try to do this. This is the map of my walk. Uh, that it's a two and a half mile walk where uh, you go up the mountain here in the middle. Uh, I know you can't see what what I'm navigating to. Then you go down the middle. It, it I, I can't tell if that's a number one, number two, or number three occurring there. But that is the actual two and a half mile circuit that I do. I love that you're so all you're so Floridian that you're already calling things like mounds, mountains, like we well, do in Florida. It's officially called that. Uh, it is not technically a mountain but it is called mount tumalo it even has a name and uh and yeah it's like 
200 feet high. <laughs> <laughs> we we have the same thing in, in my neck of the woods. Mount Dora is not actually a mountain. Um, but yeah, well, getting back into the game, like yes. we, we did play this weekend. It, it was, we're going to get into, trust me, I've got some rants in me for, for the PGMOL. But before we get, we, we talk about the controversy, I do want to kind of talk about that game. You know, Arsenal were going in it um, a little, a little deflated. We did lose to Everton in the league. We did lose to Manchester City in the FA Cup. So it, for a lot of people, this was a much win, uh, must win game. And honestly, I think you can see a lot of that frustration in the stats. I mean, this is the one that's the most damning here. Look at the amount of shots we're taking outside of the, uh, outside of the box. Most of them from Zinchenko. Um, and, and the, just the minuscule amount of XG we're able to conjure up actually on the day Brentford actually ended with more XG than us, which is now the second game um, in the entire league that we um, in this season in, Oh, if I could talk today now, the second game this, this season, we have actually not been the better team, which is a little bit worrying. Um, uh, Did you see the whole game? Yes, uh, I, I watched the game here uh, with uh, my new neighbor, not neighbor, he lives about 20 minutes away, but eight, uh, Alex uh, from Flor- from Sarasota came over, we watched the game together. Uh, we're going to have to decide whether we're able to do that again because we're both very superstitious. We switched chairs at halftime and it seemed to work until it didn't. Um, but uh, but yeah, we did. I, I did watch the game. I watched the game, the whole game, and nothing but the game. Um, and... Uh, I didn't necessarily think. I mean, look, you're you're pointing to XG as 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 the definition of whether we played better or not. No, not not necessarily. There are other factors to it. I think that actually, and you can look at the XG charts. We played a lot better in the second half, for example. Um, yeah, I, mean, my, I, I I considered there to be two games that we were the worst team uh, in our league campaign so far, and it was the Leeds game and the Everton game. Um, I don't really know that I would put Brentford game the Brentford game into that category, but you know we certainly struggled against a pretty well drilled, well well put together team. Uh, but if the XG stats so, show that, then you know by all means, I would say what I would say is I don't think we were the better team. I don't think that means that we were necessarily worse than them, but I don't think that we were any better than them. And one of the one of the main culprits from that has been actually a cult hero this season, William Saliba. And Tony actually had his numbers. We're talking about 10 aerial duels, zero of them won by William Saliba. Um, no tackles on the day. Um, he no no winning the uh, no turnovers. He uh, no turnovers won. He did manage to get some interception with interceptions, which is kind of his role as kind of the sweeper in the back. But it was really Gabrielle that was leading the charge in defense. And for the first time, well, first time really, I, I just think that. They had his number, you know. Well, you know, I mean, what is what? How old is he? Twenty one. Yeah, until he's twenty two. Until he's twenty two. I mean, that's how it works. Um, How many Premier League games has he played in in his life? Twenty twenty (laughs) one or so. (laughs) Um, I mean, you can't expect the guy to be world class every single game, game in and game out. What you do want is a partnership which we finally have no more, you know, sometimes holding and Mari, Mari and Louise, Louise and Gabriel. I mean, you know, we have the dream situation, which is a very talented, very complimentary center combination. That is, that's our pr- uh, preferred combination. And they pick each other up. 
Uh, Saliba's off. Gabriel almost always picks him up. I mean, we did not allow a goal in that game, technically, uh, despite Saliba's str- struggles. So, um, yeah, Joey, come on. That's that's diabolical. Uh, you need to matriculate yourself well before the game starts uh, this time. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 we still didn't do that bad. I mean, against a guy who's maybe the second most informed striker in the league right now in Ivan Tony. You're gonna, after, you're gonna you're gonna struggle after Rashford, in my opinion. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I think that Ivan Tony creates a different uh different sort of threat. One of the things that's really interesting is like he won all those aerial duels, but if you watched him, it wasn't because he was out bat like physically beating Saliba. He wasn't jumping higher than Saliba. He has this weird technique where he kind of like it's a little bit of the Jesus where he sticks his butt out a little, kind of knocks you off your your game right before the ball gets there and then jumps and then proceeds to win. Him and Mbueno worked incredibly well together in that too because – That was the danger man for me. Yeah, well, well, what it it was was they recognized that we play an incredibly high line and we, you know, we have these two center backs that we know will cover up. So why don't we, instead of having one versus two, let's go 2v2, isolate them both. Ivan Tony wins his header, flicks it onto Mbueno, Bueno, and then – there you are. You're in on goal immediately. And I think Brentford did a great job exposing that. Um, I think what doesn't get a lot of credit, and this will um, be the second topic that we talk about within the game. Um, Mikel Arteta had a talk with him at halftime. And I think that we came out much, much better. In fact, subbing on Trossard for Martinelli, I think fundamentally changed the game in our favor. It, and I think that had it not been for what will the controversy that we'll talk about later, I think that might be it. We would be looking back at this and going, wow, what a brilliant um, bit of decision-making a bit of man management coming from Mikel Arteta. Well, and, and it's interesting. You mentioned the man management. I mean, to me, that sub makes itself. It's not, I mean, I, I good on him for doing it, but I mean, it kind of, I mean, you brought on Trossard for that exact reason in that exact scenario when we need a spark and we, you know, we saw him do it against United, although we were, we were winning at that or no, we weren't. Uh, it was, it was two, two when they brought him on, we saw that happen, uh, you know, to an extent this weekend, that's what he's there to do. And that's the obvious sub. And that's the answer to the question of why would he come here to be second fiddle to, to Martinelli? Well, he's, he's here to share minutes, you know, 70, 20, 50, 40, maybe, um, you know, 45, 45 sometimes and, and to play in Europe. So, you know, I, I'm not going to go celebrating Mikaro Teta for making that sub. What I will say is man management wise, what do you think that Mikel Arteta right now is doing with the Martinelli problem? And I say Martinelli problem not because I think he's been awful or is like suddenly not the player that we all think that he is, but I'm talking about his psychology. Because one thing we do know about Martinelli is I think he's a pretty emotional kid who could easily fall prey to no one can touch me highs and I got to figure, you know, and, and like compiling stress of, of, of underperformance lows, especially now that he's got competition beyond just ESR for his role. What do you think is being discussed between, I mean, I, I think this is where Mikel Arteta, despite what a lot of people said in the Nuno situation and the Pepe situation and all that, I think this is where he actually shines in keeping people who may not be, who may be losing their spot gradually interested and plugged in. But what do you think? 
Well, I think that that's actually, you hit the nail on the head. I think there's a reason why we specifically went after Trussard, a guy that's going to play cover to Martinelli over a guy that's going to necessarily pay cover to Saka. I think that if you look at it mentality-wise for the exact reasons that you're talking about, that Martinelli, I think what you're going to see very soon is him taken out of the limelight for just a minute just so that he can kind of work on him and get his head straight. Because I don't think that it's a matter of ability that's causing uh, that's causing this rift. I think that it's between him coming back from, this is his first World Cup. He doesn't have his preferred partner. Um, having Gabriel Jesus on the field absolutely benefited Martinelli and his play style and the way that he likes to be involved. They seem to have a very good connection. And there's just a, a, a lot being asked of him. And right now, this is one of those times when you have to remember he's an incredibly young boy. And that's why the Trussard thing was probably so high on Mikel's Arte- uh, Mikel Arteta's list because he knew that he's going to need to do something to kind of drive Marinelli. I think that taking him out of the, the firing line might do a lot to get some, uh, to put some gas on the fire, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and we and we've seen that you know he's kind of been been spotlighted and profiled and had a run of games and then kind of not for a while and come back stronger than ever. So I mean I'm I'm not worried. I'm not in the camp that's worried about Martinelli at this point. But we do need to play whichever the two of them is going to have the stronger impact on the game at any given time. And if that happens to be Trossard on Wednesday, then so be it. Um, that said, I don't see Arteta making any changes to the starting eleven, including White and including uh, Martinelli. It's just not kind of how he's working now that he's found his best eleven. Yeah, uh, I, Mikel yeah. Arteta has has, and of course, everybody's seen the stat this week. He's named both the first and second most named teams in the league this season. Um, the one, the one that's the most named team is the one with Jesus. The second most is the one named with Enkedia. Everybody's been pretty much nailed on Saka, Gabriel, Saliba, uh, White. Uh, the only spot that really alternates has been the left back position with Tierney and Zinchenko both struggling for fitness at different parts of the season. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag. All right. Because I got, uh, I know everybody's sitting here talking about it. So can we just, can we talk about these guys, these guys right here? Uh, uh, the PGMOL, because for the second time this year, and it's crazy that this happens once a season, but multiple times in a season that the PGMOL has come out after a decision made against Arsenal and said that they completely got it wrong. And I'm and shocked I know that they're even doing that. Like I, 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 the, I just think that they're so brazen that they would have just tried, just expected to sweep that under the rug. I mean, it doesn't help us. It doesn't make it any better. But I mean at least they admitted the damn thing so that we aren't looking like, you know, we're just whining and, and, and complaining about subjective decisions, but. It, it, and this, the thing is, and I think that's where everybody gets with this offside thing is that offside isn't as subjective. Sure. There's a little subjectivity in where you draw the line, but that's talking about like literal millimeters. We're not talking about like the difference between what's a handball and what's not a handball. You know what I'm saying? And for them, there's not one, but two offsides in that play that didn't get caught because they forgot to draw the lines. It's, it's shocking decision-making. It's, it's again, uh, a call for the issue that is, the refs in England, because we knew when they implemented the technology, at least I knew personally, I'm like, yeah, you can give them all the technology you want, but if the heads that are driving 
you know, the machine aren't screwed on right, you're going to keep getting more and more ridiculous decisions. I think actually a lot of people want to get rid of VAR. I say, no, thank you, VAR, for exposing right. how bad these refs are. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a brilliant point. And, uh, you know, it it's been said by a lot of different people in a lot of different ways online, uh, on Twitter, on podcasts. But, yeah, I mean, VAR isn't the issue. VAR works splendidly in some places. It works great in Germany. I think it works well, and it works great, I think, in Australia. It actually works quite well in the U.S. Um, but, you know, and, and we saw a situation right from the very, very off, early doors at the first hurdle um, of the Got World him. Cup. Of the World Cup, we saw an automated offside system uh, in that Argentina Qatar game, I think it was, or Qatar Ecuador, I think it was actually, um, where it really, really did look like it was onside. Or I mean, one, it looked like one, but then the automated lines drew it. And and to the extent that that works as well or almost as well as goal line technology works, what? Who cares if it's in the middle of a season? What stops a PGMOL or, or an FA or a Premier League from saying this technology exists? Well, I mean, what, what can they not afford it? I mean, like, like <laughs> what is stopping them from implementing it right away? If it if it's truly automated, then what's the what's the issue that that stops them from doing it? I mean, you you still got subjectivity in it. You still have areas that are rife for for manipulation if that is to be the case or, or conscious bias, unconscious bias, but offside should not be one of those situations and goal line technology uh, shouldn't be one of those situations. And I just didn't know that you could really automate offsides because of not only the, the lines that have to be drawn to determine whether a person is offsides, but the literal one twenty fourth of a second frames and determining when the ball actually left the foot of the pass uh, as well, I mean, there's there's some margin for error there, but but look, I, there's a reason why I'm not a, a computer programmer. There's a reason why I'm not most of the things that I'm not, and um, and I'm not. Right. And I think so, VX Gunner has it has you know has, has it pegged, that, and and it's becoming exposed to the point where you can't ignore it anymore. If you automate this shit, the brown envelopes stop flowing. Well, well, and and I'm gonna get and I'm gonna get into this too because obviously when you point out the technology, let's not forget that there are Amazon stores that don't have any cashiers because their cameras are so good that they can pick up they can pick up your face, the item that you purchased, and run the whole thing automatically without you with you just walking in a store picking up items and moving. And they literally do not need people in the store to run it. There's uh, I, when I'm out doing the things that I can't talk about on the show because we'll get demonetized. Um, I have to always worry about the fact that there are cameras around that can capture random people's faces and then can immediately put immediately put them in jail. If I'm speeding, if I'm speeding or I pass a red light, there are cameras that can automatically not only detect that I'm speeding, not only detect that I've run a red light, but then they can also take a picture of my license plate and I get a and I get a ticket in the mail. Are you trying to tell me that a a league that gets a twelve billion dollar TV deal that spends two like what is it one point five billion or something and transfers in a single window cannot put together the money, the talent, the the people in order to fix this problem? No, and I'm going to tell you exactly what the problem is, and we all know what the problem is. 
It's this. This is the problem. The PGMOL has been a boys' club from Manchester since time immemorial. Not a cocksuckers from Bristol, man. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Not a single, not a single referee from London, not a single brown referee, not a single female referee. All of them, and I want to make sure some people understand this real quick, because I know everybody's going to say, oh, you're trying to say conspiracy. Oh, you're just whining because you're Arsenal. There's both, but let me explain. Even if even if they are not getting together and deciding by some outside influence, hey, listen, we're going to take some money here or, or we're going to screw Arsenal there, you don't need that to happen. All you need is a collection of people with relatively similar biases for them to make similar decisions in favor of one thing. That's why you need diversity in your in your company. That's actually why, by the way, for a lot of people that think that uh, companies are diverse simply because they want to make certain groups happy, that's actually not true. The, what they actually found out, corporations, multi-billion dollar corporations did research and found out that when they had diverse um, boards, when they had diverse management, they actually problem solved better. They actually made more money. They actually found better solutions. And that makes sense to anybody with a brain that goes, oh, yeah, you need multiple people that have different opinions so that you can and, weigh which opinion's the best. And, 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 and this probably doesn't even need to be said. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't want to speak for you. But I think when you mention diversity, you, you are including but not limiting that to color, gender. I mean, we're talking it's also geographic. We're talking geographic about geographic. location, age um hairstyle history i mean literally the more ways you can diversify the less risk i mean this is you know now i'm putting it into financial terms more way you diversify the less risk of error you will have and and you you just have such a mono thematic or mono personality is just the the opposite of diversity in pgmol if there was an opposite of diversity that you, that you could possibly put together, it would be the membership of the select referees club in the Premier League that is not only monotone, mono theme, mono individuals, but uh, but it is also closed to anyone else that may have talent that doesn't fall into that category, um, and and so it's not changing anytime soon. I mean, you're gonna tell me that with 92 football league clubs playing anywhere from 46 to 90 games a week in England and just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of non-league clubs that that there are not any female like center referees i mean i know we have lines women uh you know who are talented and have, a couple are in the, in the premier league now but but i mean you just no women Nobody of color, nobody of 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 foreign. I mean, remember when we used to have like Italian? I mean, I mean, you just you, they're less likely to have internal bias about a Premier League club if you're from Italy, even if you're a white man in your middle-aged man in good shape, but from Italy or from Burundi or wherever, you're going to have a different approach to the game, and it's going to be more about doing your job well than it is about filling your needs. So. Um, and, and, and also there's there's the uh, the group bias that when you're in an in group, for example, like say you're all boys that grew up in Manchester, you're not going to speak out against your boy. 
you're not going to you're not going to say, hey, man, my, my buddy made a mistake. You're going to do exactly what we see. Which not is- until you retire and you're being paid now to express your controversial opinions like we've seen with Clattenburg and uh, who's yeah. the other guy uh, that said, you know, he was told to not see things. I mean, the, we routinely hearing the literal facts of of the intentional and or unintentional corruption that's occurring um, from people who are no longer in a position to lose their positions over it. Uh, but until, until an active referee comes out or some sort of, you know, some sort of, <clears throat> let's use the English word for it, grass uh, comes out of the, the, the PGMOL and basically exposes them for what they're doing, that is just so obvious for everyone else to see, it's it's not going to change, and 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 it just I think the Premier League clubs have to demand accountability in unison, and for some reason I think there's a few clubs that might not be as interested in doing that as others. Uh, I, I think that there's a a very good reason, and I I'm going to say something that is going to this is where the conspiracy comes in, but I'll just say it back when we didn't have any money it seemed like we got a lot less decisions going our way. And I mean, specifically the time, the post Emirates era, when we first built the stadium, the end of Arsene Wenger's career, there was a period in there where you're just like, it's really strange. And I will never forget the 2012 season for Manchester city. They had some really weird calls go their way. I mean, there was an offside against Liverpool. I remember where like, I think, I think it was like Suarez or something was, was literally so far in an ocean of space. He was so onside that it didn't make any sense. And we all raised our eyebrows then. And I remember seeing, um, I, there was also that year, I think it was 6-3 against City. Um, Theo Walcott j- had just come back. There are a lot of weird decisions in that one as well. And it's just strange to me that the teams that seem to be performing well. Now, Liverpool, I will not say... Um, fall into this category if you look at their underlying metrics they seem to be getting just around the same amount of calls in anyone else but manchester city manchester united you get a lot of calls for them and, and they I think and, that- and and their fans always complain that they're being picked on and in, in getting unfair calls it, it i don't know it's it's ridiculous well it, well and, it, I, and, and i'll leave a function of, it's a function of the the i, I think the um the historical and to an extent the current distribution of who plays for them and where they're from and what they look like Um, where they're from and and where the refs are from and i there's no way that you grew up in manchester and you didn't and that's not going to play just the smallest yeah no i'm no really i'm i'm just a bolton fan i don't care about either manchester club bullshit yeah yeah (laughs) there's absolutely no way so this is what i leave um gooners around the world with okay this is the same language that i use when I talk about the system of police, I'll use it when talking about the PGMOL. We have a referee problem in England. Incompetence. It affects every single club, and every single club has seen, seen it be an issue. Now, their bias has that incompetence focused on Arsenal. Those two things are independent issues, but they combine together to create the current disenfranchisement that we see with Arsenal. That's why, by the way, we have the least fouls leading to red cards, and it's not even close. It's not even close. As much as I call David Luiz a flop, there's no reason why he should have had the most red cards in a season that year. I'm I'm sorry, not with. Well, yeah. I mean, the red card against Wolves alone was 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 absurd, uh, yeah. given given what we've seen players get away with uh, 
on on both ends of the pitch. I mean, it's 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 bad. And and you know, so I guess we've kind of answered our own question about like, are you? I mean, I, I saw a lot of people in chat groups and WhatsApp groups and Twitter on Twitter uh, DMs, regular Twitter, just absolutely unable to sleep, unable to get past it, just screaming mad, uh, you know, and, and then every single piece of news that validated how fucked up it was would just start the cycle all over again. You know, I'm at a point in my life where I really try to just take bad news and, and, and unfortunate things that aren't life and death with a grain of salt and take a breath and wait to worry. You know, I mean, we haven't lost the season because of this yet. We might. And I'll worry about it then. I'll get angry about it then. But we haven't. So, I, you know, I'm not telling other people how to act, but I am trying to just keep my head screwed on straight uh, when something like that happens. But I get how many people are just absolutely apoplectic about it because, you know, it, literally somebody walked up and stole something from us, admitted that they stole something from us and ain't giving it back to us because there is no way apparently to give it back to us. So we're just without that thing now, and that thing is two fucking points that we yeah, really, of, really could use. It's one of those things where it is incredibly frustrating, but when it comes down to it, these are the things that you'll have to overcome to be king. Yep. Unfortunately, it's not fair, and I don't think that the, – the truth is it's never been fair. It, even even before these recent controversies, even before the money balling, even before any of this, it's never been perfectly fair. I Maybe you'd have to go back to the 1800s, and I even doubt it back then, right? So these are just the things that we're going to have to overcome, and boy... Boy, will that that uh, fruit at the end of the at the end of this whole journey be the most delicious when we can eat that pie and tell everybody we did it and you tried everything to take it away from us. Yeah, but you know, I'd expect that from a team that is seasoned and and I mean, th- this team is already kind of overachieving and and a, I, you know, again, I said it last year that they were a year ahead of where they thought they would be, which is probably why they didn't completely reinforce the team in January and go for broke for champions league. Uh, this year, I think we were right where we wanted to be for top four yet. We're competing and leading the chase for the title. Um, that doesn't mean that I'll be just honky dory. If we slide down to fourth place, which, you know, and, and say, well, that was our goal for the season. Believe me, I will not be happy about that, but you know, I'm not sure that we're the team that can keep surviving these, 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 gut punches i would love for them to prove me wrong but i do worry a little bit that you know that we're teetering uh on the on the on the precipice of mikel can only man manage these guys up enough to overcome the continuous kicking that Saka is getting the continuous uh bullshit that you know and and things being called both ways and and us being penalized for running up to the referee while no one else is except for that one dude <laughs> yesterday um and you know, Lamina and and what is there? Some handbags in the uh, in the derby. What's going on here? I see Liverpool and Everton are having some 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 mild fisticuffs, but and of uh, course there'll be no know. punishment. We'll yeah. we'll get we'll get Doc two points for what just happened in the well, in in uh, Everton. The FA will send us an email telling us to get Liverpool's players under control and charge yeah, exactly. us for it. Right? Yeah, there's I, some pissed off people right now. <laughs> oh, is it going I, off? Going off? It's. I mean, there's no punches, but there's a lot. There's people being held back and walked off the pitch, and and uh, yeah, that bit of a uh, kerfuffle. 
Yeah. Someone who's actually paying attention to it, you know, put something in chat about what started all this because I only saw when there were people screaming at each other and Robertson's involved and uh, I don't know. Anyway, not to get too far off the topic, um, we'll get charged for that. But yeah, I mean, it's real, real quick. Real I, I, quick. I don't know if we have the mental fortu fortuitousness, not fortuitousness, um, the intestinal fortitude to. Uh, to get through this if it keeps going. I mean, just to, to, to keep having to get punched in the face and say, no, nope, I'm good. We're better than that. We're going to win. Right. But this, I mean, when will we not just, will we not learn a lot about that on Wednesday? Right. And, and, and I definitely, and I definitely agree with that. There's only so many times, like we only have the stamina to deal with so many controversies. I do think that that eventually will. And I'm not building that as an excuse to be okay with, no. you know, with, with what everyone's worried might happen over the next three months. But, um it is i just don't know i don't know whether we're there yet mentally uh things have an effect i i I do want to i i do think we should move on and 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 kind of kind of go to we're going to try to do these one hour or less type pods so uh i'm not not helping with that right now uh well we we haven't listen it's been a while we we haven't had a chance to chat i'm actually super excited to have you back on here you know i've i actually really missed having you around buddy um Real quick, just so that everybody can leave with something, I do want to just say solutions to this problem, hire diversely, first and foremost. Thing number two, create a list of policies and procedures that are transparent for everybody to see. Everybody needs, everybody needs to know exactly what the process for ruling something offside for that ref is so that we can honestly see. Because right now, for all we know, there could be a good reason he forgot to draw the lines. That seems utterly ridiculous, but it will seem utterly ridiculous while we don't Him know getting punched in the face in that moment is the only good reason I can think of. <laughs> it's, it really, it really, really is. Because um, that is, I mean, that is literally your one job. Like, like you, you do that. You, you just automatically... It, it, Okay, this situation is occurring. Bang, bang, bang. One, two, three. It's not that hard, and it's not like a new thing for them either. It's a, I, I don't. Now, now, how's this? I don't think he forgot to draw the lines. I don't think so either. I think he drew the lines, and saw what they showed, and then conveniently undrew the lines. I mean, that, oh, I don't. I don't think he drew. I don't think he ever drew the lines. I think he knew because you could see it visually. I think he knew, and I think that that's the excuse that he's giving because he know. Like I don't think you even need the lines if you look at the if you look at the image again. Like uh, they're they're on top of the last man. They were even saying in the commentary, like while watching it, oh, he's on top of him. He has to be off sides, right? So I think he knew, and I think that there's you know a lot of money and for being forgetful but that's neither here nor there i do want to kind of transition to some positive news around the club we do have some great things that are happening obviously if you guys pay attention to the women's at all we did just win 2-1 at man city um the women will go on to play bayern munich in the uh champions cup later we hold, 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 hold on put that back up again how did we win the? How do we win that game when it's two one to Manchester City? Oh, wrong! <laughs> that doesn't look like a win to me. I know I we're going flipped, to Germany. I flipped it. I, it's the wrong. It's the wrong. yeah. I, I know we're going to Germany to play Bayern Munich, but but. <laughs> let's Sorry, see, let's I, make I, sure I got this one right. Hold I could have just let on. that. I could have just let that go. But, uh, but two four two four to Watford. I did get the youth cup right, so there we go. 
Nice. Um, I clearly didn't watch either of the games, but I do always like to highlight the things from around the club. And coming back this week, before we we are going to preview the uh, Manchester City game, we're going to talk a little. I, I want to hear your thoughts because I haven't had a chance to hear your thoughts on the psychology of the title race yet. But um, while we're talking about the psychology of the title race, I'm bringing back, here's the meme of the week. How an Arsenal fan handles being top of the league. What's wrong? We're top of the league. Why is that bad? We keep winning. Isn't that a good thing? No. Surely the more points we get. The more points we get, the more hopeful we get. If we want to win the league, we can't be top of the league. If we're top of the league, someone's going to catch us. So you want to be lower in the league? Yeah. Then we might win it. As low as Tottenham? Not that far down the table. <laughs> okay. I still think we'll win the league. Why are you saying that? <laughs> that dude's stupid, man. I mean, he's... <laughs> no, but I, I... It's funny because it makes a little bit of sense. We're, we're, we're all... We should be pushing our chests out saying we're fucking top of the league right now, but instead, 80% of us are shitting in our pants right now. Yeah, it, it's so true. Whatever happened, to, whatever happened to my least favorite saying in the whole wide world right now that, that, that comes up on every single podcast, which is, if you had told me at the beginning of the season, blah, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 I would have bitten or ripped your hand off or your penis. Or, I mean, like, why, did, why are people ripping body parts off when they have good news given to them? Like, like well, that just doesn't make violent, sense to me. It's not fair. We're a violent culture. What can I say? We're the ones that invented I'm, all the all those fun medieval torture BDSM devices. I would like to be able to, I would, I would like to be able to impart good news upon the person without having a limb ripped off of my body or bitten off even worse, which is what some people say. So, I mean, to me, I just don't tell anyone good news. When I find out good news, I keep it to myself because I don't want my arm ripped off or bitten off. But, but yeah, there, that, uh, you know, again, it's about perspective. It's about, are you looking at what happened yesterday, last week, last month or this entire season and and where are you placing it all and you know i see far too many people titrating that that viewpoint to whatever gives them the most angst <laughs> it's the whole <laughs> year you know if if we start in 15th place and then and then play the second best football of the season and end up in eighth place um you know let's then it's not about how we played recently it's the whole season that's the problem but if we start off top of the table and we eventually slide down to second or third at the very end because of a poor month of play, then it's that month of play is what matters, not the early part before. So you know, some the, the end result is some people just love to be miserable. Well, I, I, I love it. I love I think this title charge is interesting, right? Because it's a place that we haven't been in in some times. And in a way, I feel like all of us are watching like, you know, the uh, the nurses from a mental institute see how we all deal with trauma, because some people, like you say, cannot deal with saying anything positive. If you say something positive about Arsenal, like, oh, Arsenal looking quite good this year. Shut the fuck up. We're going to lose now. We're going to lose. You know, actually, just so you know, on this show, we will no longer be doing predictions because the last two predictions, two times. That is why every time I'm asked for a prediction, I say two, two, because it, it's it it doesn't. I'm not going to I'm not going to predict a win because then it's my fault if we lose. I'm not going to predict a loss because that's toxic and negative. So two, two every single game. And most of the time this season, I've been pleasantly surprised. But um, you but yeah, you, you fence sitting. I Call me that if you want. I, I, it feels good when this, I sit on a fence every once in a while. But um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's it, the psychology. Are, are, are we just going to let go that that Mike says that it feels good when he sits on a fence? I'm just going to cruise right past that one. I, you know, it's like uh, acupuncture in a, in a sense, <laughs> acupuncture. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's a weird thing the psychology of Arsenal fans. I mean, I, I I could write a book on it if I had the time. I would love for someone else to do that. Um, you know, I think we actually a few of us in uh, in the TGT chat uh, had talked about maybe doing a show on Tom's channel about it because it's. I mean, it's just really between the the transfer goofiness, between the the way we handle success and the way we handle failure. It, it's it's just a unique and, and it may, it's not just unique to Arsenal. I mean, it, it, it's a sports thing kind of. But uh, but yeah, you know, I, I'm loving Tiger Gunnosaurus right now because, A, um, anytime you say on form and spot on to me, uh, you get put up on the chat. And secondly, he has noticed he or she uh, has noticed that uh, that we win when I'm at the stadium. Twenty two games, one loss. Um, and, uh, and most recently back to back with, uh, with, with Spurs and United. So, and I don't think we've won a game since then. So look, if you've got extra money, donate it to Gunners versus cancer. And then if you still have extra money after that, send me back over to, uh, to England where, uh, where I will secure the rest of the season for us. You know, what's really fun. And then we have this <laughs> <laughs> Mike uses the lead. And, well, and he, it wouldn't and be the would Gunners podcast without that. You know yeah. what's really funny about what you're saying, though, is, oh, man, I've got this buddy, and his dad is so positive. His dad's just, like, a nice guy. And, like, you know, we're all stressing out about, you know, the league and everything. He's like, isn't it great? Like, Arsenal haven't been good in so long, and I'm I'm just having fun, and I'm enjoying the game. I never thought that we uh, we would be this good. And he's got the right attitude. Oh, God. And I want to murder just be him. like him. I want to murder him every time. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Don't you ever tell me Arsenal's good again. Like, it's so bad because he's right. We should just be enjoying this ride, and that's where I want to be. But you dangle that title in front of me, and I turn into a monster. I mean, look, if it had been five years since the last title and and all of a sudden we were kind of back on again, I mean, but it, it's it has been an Arsenal generation. Yeah. I, and, and I personally, being... Oh, disconnected and unable to really follow the team through like you know 93 to 92 to 2006 i missed all the last ones i heard about them from people and just didn't really feel super connected to it so for me it's been 30 some odd years since we had this feeling i didn't really know what i was doing back then uh like mark says we were ahead of liverpool for the early part of the season we, we were ahead of them until pretty much uh mid-may because of how late some of the games got played because of hillsborough but um can i ask you something but we just I, I i i don't know how to handle this and i'm just i'm i'm sticking my head in the sand of getting too emotionally involved and invested in what's happening because i don't want to be i just i just don't want to be super super upset when it doesn't happen i'm just i and, and i and it, i after the game i literally i went for a pedicure because i didn't want to read social media i didn't want to hear about all i mean this is before the 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 var call you know the lines not being drawn and all that when we just thought you know we had just blown the game to 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 them based on play alone and um i just i can't take it it's too much too much negativity too much freaking out 
can I ask you something? Um, I, I first of all, this you know this kind of reminds me of. Remember that first FA Cup we won, <laughs> like after like yeah, a yeah. million years. Oh yeah. I, and and going two nil down in the first minutes, and you're just like wanting to kill yourself. Like ah, oh, this all those emotions. I'm like, oh yeah, this is what it's like to feel again. Um, how does this? All of this around around this, including the Brentford decisions, including the our recent form, how does that make you feel going into the game on Wednesday? Like, like because I, I have a feeling about a month ago, I think if I would have asked you, you'd have been like, I want the game right now. Let's go. Thousand percent. How you doing now? Zero percent. Uh, no, I th- there are two things that are going on right now that are not optimal uh one of them is our drop in 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 form and apparent mentality um and the second is manchester city now has their rallying cry they were shiftless and kind of and 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 pulled in a lot of different directions um they've they've apparently gotten rid of a dressing room cancer um who we didn't realize really was that but i mean clearly there was something wrong with with cancelo there's another one in there too, but, but mo- that's for but, later. But more importantly, they are now, along with their just completely absent, apathetic fans, they are all now aligned in a us-against-the-world mentality. And as ludicrous as Manchester City being an us-against-the-world mentality is, it doesn't matter if that's how they feel. And they're and and the way they started off that game the other day yesterday uh, scared the hell out of me because you realize that you know this team is is you know if it were about talent they wouldn't have lost a game or more than one game this entire season they'd be ahead of us right now if it was purely about talent they'd be ahead of everybody every single year which is why I said you know we're all playing for second place anyway at the beginning of the season somewhat foolishly but the one thing that can bring down a team. And we're seeing it with Liverpool. We're seeing it with Chelsea. We're seeing is is mentality and chemistry and coordination and 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 the buy-in with the coach and with each other. And they and and instantly within the past week, they now have that. Mm. I'm convinced. I'm convinced of it. I I don't see them going out and putting a, a, a dropping a turd on the pitch, um, again for the rest of the season because until that that uh, situation with, uh, with, with FFP and with the, with the Premier League sanctions, until that is resolved one way or the other, they're on the rampage right now, and they're going to take it out on a lot of other teams. And we, just, we literally have to be good enough now, not just together enough and not just drilled enough and ready to take it from them. We need to be better than they are at football on Wednesday now to beat them. And that is going to be a tougher job than, than it would have looked like a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, you know, I, again, not talking myself out of our ability to beat them. I still think, you know, I, I, we tend to be this team that when you think, when you think things are going wrong, all of a sudden we have this unexpectedly great performance. And when you think everything's going right, all of a sudden you have an Everton, right. um, you know, I, and I, and I could be referring to last season or this season with that, but uh, but yeah, it's it's a uh, it, it's a it's a kind of a controversial thing where we seem to do the opposite of what it looks like we're going to do, and I hope that is the case because right now we're headed this way and they're headed this way, and I don't like it at all. So so it's interesting. A, a couple a couple points in there. I actually think the opposite. You know, 
I actually don't think, I think that even though I am a little bit nervous that what you're saying is true, because I do think that Aston Villa game for, for moments in that game, I was like, wow, city are really good, which is the first time I've said that a lot this season. Like I've not said like I've, there hasn't really been too many matches or, or any matches really where I've just sat down and gone, wow. Like from watching city. And I did say that against Aston Villa and I was like, okay, that is, that is a little nervous, but, um, I just think that on the pitch, I, I really trust our players a lot. And I think that the biggest thing is, and I don't think that, I, I know that Guardiola is always going to be over complimentary to Arteta. And I know that you can't really read into some of the things that he said. But I will say in past matches, even the ones where we've lost, Guardiola has said things like, I didn't expect this. Or I think it was one of the ones that we lost where he's like, I've never seen rotation like that before. That actually, I think I learned something today. And that's where I think our little ace in the hole is. is I think that Mikel Arteta actually, just how things work, just the same way that we saw Arsene Wenger, I think Guardiola might be coming towards the end of his cycle with City. And I don't know if the end of his cycle with City will be his end of his cycle with football, but there just comes a point when you've been in the game for so long that your ideas get kind of seen through and, you, and you're and you just not creating as and innovating as much as you used to. And, I, and that's when the newer, the, the young blood come in, Ten Hag, Mikel Arteta, um, Potter to an extent, come in and try to change things up. Xavi over at Barcelona is another great example. Um, even Zidane. Right. And I think that we might and I think we might be just about there where Arteta can throw a couple of tricks at him that he won't necessarily know how to cope with. And there's always the, you know, possibility that Guardiola overthinks it. He tends to do that against his favorite people. Right. Like he that this might be a game where we might see, you know, Kevin De Bruyne false nine with with, uh, um you know, Gundawan playing left back or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't pretend to be a genius like them. Yeah. So I, I do think that there's a possibility where I, I don't think everything's all right. I don't necessarily think they're going to be on the same page. If they don't drop points to us tomorrow. I do think that they will drop points between now and the end of the season. And I hope I'm right about that. But you know what a good way to kind of, to kind of compartmentalize this might be? Why don't you answer these? Tell me where it'll go wrong for Arsenal if we lose, and then tell me where it'll go right for Arsenal if we win. You're asking the wrong guy that. Um, <laughs> no, honestly, because I, I just I don't analyze the game that way. I mean, I I I, am, I proudly wear my lack of tactical noose. It's uh, not about I'm, tactics. It could be emotion. It could well, be well, the well, crowd. But that, that, that's be... where I that's where I tend to go. I mean, I I I do an early goal conceded will be a problem for us. Um, we can't let them on, you know, on, on the score sheet as early as they got on the score sheet against Aston Villa because, I, I again, I, I trust our mentality and, and strength uh, more this year than I have in the last 15 years combined. Um, but I also know that there's still a long way to go. And, you know, you just you just start shitting your pants. It's just human nature when, when you're, you know, when, when, when everything seems to be lined up against you and then something bad happens, it's human nature to, you know, to, to, to have a limit to how many times you can just buck up and deal with it. And so, you know, I think if the game goes wrong, I I think if we get into halftime level and, and I know this is a loser mentality because we should, I mean, 
I want to shout out somebody who I have not necessarily got along with in the past that well, but uh, but was uh, Arsenal was on Twitter. Oh, you were about to say Lee Gunner, and I was no. <laughs> this whole no. podcast. I'm not shouting out. that. I, I'm I'm shouting him out, but for different reasons. But the uh, no, he. Uh, I mean, and and all the reasons that we haven't gotten along in the past are my fault. But um, but he was on um, with uh, uh, with FK on Latte Firm, and I I saw a clip of of kind of. It was almost a like a inspirational speech about you know we're the arsenal we have to do this you know we play they they fear us we don't fear that and and it was I mean it's hard for me to explain exactly what he said but I would go back and watch it because it was actually I mean he was dead on right about it but y- you really have to have significant faith in in the mentality of the club and how far we've come and I just th- that's where I worry a bit so. You know, I think the worst thing that would happen for us is to concede early on. Um, I think the later in the game that it gets, the better chance that we have of of not only getting something out of the game, but 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 winning it. And from everything I've heard about the Emirates crowd on Saturday, uh, sorry, Sunday, uh, yeah, Saturday, um, it was unusually passive. Um, I don't know if it's the ticket stuff that's going on that there were a lot of empty seats which is weird um but whatever i mean this crowd has to literally just go nuts from 10 minutes before kickoff through the through the full 97 minutes or whatever it ends up being um because arsenal has responded to that they will respond to that and um so you know. Well, let me let me throw the let me let me actually reverse what you're saying because we've been talking about all this wobble that's going on, and we've been talking about a rally cry for City. This this stuff that just happened with Brentford is a rally cry to Arsenal for us to remember. Listen, there was too long. We almost spent. It's like that, like the meme just said. We've spent too long comfortable at the top, right? We've just been winning games and beating. We forgot that mentality that we had at the beginning of the season. When it was us versus the world, we used to be fueled by Gary Neville every week coming out and telling us that we weren't good enough in order to G us up for this next game. And I promise you, Mike, I promise you this Wednesday when it rolls, when, when the, when everything is said and done, like when the, when we start the, when the whole banter starts, when the whole parade starts, like it, we will be on it. Not just the players, not just the manager, but I guarantee you that crowd will be on it too. Because for the same reason why we're being negative right now, while we're being pensive right now, is the same reason why we will be absolutely electric on the day. And it's because you're dangling that title in front of us. Don't, don't, no, 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 no. Not, you're not about to take the title away from us, especially with bad refereeing decisions after we've worked so hard to get here. Nah. Not my arsenal. Shaka's I hope. I, I hope. I hope you're dead on it. on it. Saka's going to be on it. Odegaard, forget it, dude. You're going to see something like you've never seen. Try, like Martinelli's getting talked about right now, as if he's not going to bag. I guarantee you, if he comes on, if he doesn't start, he subs on and he scores a goal. I believe in my team, and it's the first time in forever that I felt that way. So I don't know about you. I'm excited for the game. I'm ready for this win. Well, I and good for you, and and I hope that you're right. You know, if I if I were going to the game on Wednesday, I would be geeing myself up right now because I am a nervous Nelly right now. I, I was fine before the Brentford game. 
I was saying, you know what? One bad game against Everton when they played a very well-drilled, good game, new manager bounce, all that. I'm like, this is not, especially with what happened the next day with City losing to, to Spurs. I, I'm like, I was just kind of dismissing that as a one-off and not a wobble. And all of a sudden, even though the game was ripped from us, I mean, all of a sudden my confidence has taken a hit and I'm just being transparent, something PGML will never do. Um, but, uh, you know, so if I were going to the game on Wednesday and I will be going to a new pub, uh, new to me anyway, uh, in Sarasota watching with the Sarasota Gooners, which is a thing. I didn't realize that was a thing. Um, and you should come down, drive down on Wednesday and watch this game with me and then spend the night if you need to. Um, uh, I can't because I'm, so we'll talk about that. Off yeah. this. We're, we're going to just make family and personal plans live on the podcast. <laughs> um, but the, uh, you know, I'm going to be going into that probably kind of nervous and 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 react to the, you know positively or negatively when something happens. But the people going to the game cannot afford that. You got to go and just just absolutely destroy Manchester City from your seats as best as you can. And uh, you know, I I can't I can't deny anymore that that has an impact. I used to deny that referees didn't have an impact over the course of the season. It all evened out. Nah, I was wrong about that. I used to think, you know, crowd can help, but, you know, empty seats and complete apathy doesn't help. But I didn't realize how much it could actually will us forward. Yeah. I mean, it, how much it matters to these players. I mean, you were at that United game, man. Oh, my God. Too, like, we were even, and the crowd was just going. I, You you see it. You see the crowd it literally, time. the crowd literally scored that last goal. And I've just used the word <laughs> literally in the worst possible way, but the crowd figuratively scored that last goal for us in the 90th minute, because we were not going to lose that game. And by we, I mean the 60,000 of us that were in the stadium, plus the 11 on the pitch and the, and the, the seven and coaches that were on the sideline. I mean, that there was, there was a, you know, a square mile or whatever it is of, of earth that day that, that, that impacted a result of a sporting event. Um, that needs to happen again on Wednesday. And, you know, so if you're going to the game, please uh, just do it for me, do it for Aston, do it for, uh, for yourself, do it for that guy in the meme. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think we absolutely need to just be a cauldron on Wednesday. And, uh, and I'm a little nervous that people are going to be as I am nervous and tentative and that will spread. But, uh, I like your, I like your outcome better. So well, a, yeah, and I hope you're yeah. right. B, I don't think you are, but, 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 a, but a, I hope you're right. Listen, man, not everybody can have uh, my personality when it comes to the game, but I will tell you, you know, for all of you that are trying, you're going to win better in life. Honey. I didn't understand that. <laughs> you can always get better in life, in it. Ah, yes, absolutely. And and we have a request from Mark, which is that if you do stay over on Wednesday night, uh, you're going to be the new Owen uh, in the Football Day video. There will be more. Look, you'll never know when the, when the camera goes into my room and you see my head under the under you know on the pillows sleeping. You're never going to know what's coming up um, in in the Football Day videos. I mean. I'm certainly not getting known from podcasting, but I, I am destined to get to get known around the world for my stupid videos of, of pedicures and and being in bed with men and 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 uh, and, uh, and, and that sort of thing. So and having uh, 
a, a unicorn in my pool behind me, which I'm going to be, which I'm now going to get into as soon as we uh, finish the show. So I was surprised you didn't do the whole thing from the unicorn itself. Like I was, I'm actually shocked. Um, it is that that does bring us to a good time to kind of wrap it up. I do think that, you know, we've said what we, what we've got to say, come on, you gunners. I, I choose to believe in Mikel Arteta. I believe in our players. I especially believe in my captain. And I believe that we're going to go out and get a win tomorrow. And I believe that come this weekend, we will have the chat. Once again, are Arsenal going to win the title? And this time, this time, are we gonna? Are, are we gonna win? All, this is this is how. Look, let me show you. I, I I didn't even realize how nervous I was until I heard, I started talking tonight. But th- this was me just just four short or six short months ago, um, and and uh, and I'm not. No, this is not the drunk AFTV video. This is the somewhat drunk AFTV. Video. Let's let's hope that continues. But um, yeah, this this team is different. This club is different. I told yeah, you okay. we were gonna win the league. I told you we were going to win the treble, the quadruple, the quintuple. We're going to win all the duples. We're going to win tournaments that we're not even participating in. I mean, I'd love to get back to that guy because the last time I saw that guy, he was really, really drunk doing another interview with them uh, right after the Manchester United game and proclaimed that the season is over, something for which I am already getting uh, raked over the coals for and blamed for. So... Look, I, you can't win uh, in this world, but uh, but yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm feeding off your positivity about Wednesday, and uh, and maybe we'll continue that in a in a preview show or or uh, certainly some sort of post game show if we can get our act together to do that on Wednesday. Um, but uh, we got to win this game. We absolutely have to win this game. Yo, BX Gunner, calling it to be the best. We got to beat the best. Come on, you gun- gunners, Woo! no hiding, no shame. Fire, lit. Let's go. Bet. We gotta play. <laughs> we gotta play fat. We gotta. We 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 gotta. We gotta be dope. Um, and uh, and and we just need to. I mean, Manchester City needs to t- say less. <laughs> oh Lord, this is going to be used in every clip around the world for the moment that Arsenal lost the title. Right? Yeah, this no. Is- this is going to be you saying. I, I, I think I think the title of our next podcast needs to be "Say Less." <laughs> say less. So we're going to say less by just saying, "Come on, you gooners." Watching the Gooners podcast, a production of TGP Media, wholly on subsidiary of Wanker Broadcasting Company Limited PLC. All rights and likenesses, except for Owens, are available for purchase and distribution according to the historical tenets of bird law. Make sure to check out the Gooners podcast Patreon at patreon.com forward slash TGP. Find Gooners v. Cancer at GoonersVCancer.com. And don't forget, get them credit cards out. The Gooners podcast has been brought to you thanks to a generous investment from Elon Musk, as well as the letter G and the number 69. Remember, Gooner family, that taught them get better everywhere they go. TGP.